I love racism. <laughs> Just hit recording. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. I, I don't. I don't really love racism. It. It directly impacts me. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKeese. And I'm Racist Friend. No, you're not. Don Griffin. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Don Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the thing? I thought maybe you would be more equipped to talk about this than me because uh, then Is this I a am. conversation about urinals? <laughs> no, although oh. in that case, also, I think you would be better <laughs> equipped. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. That was a funny joke. Yeah, you're like. I we're keeping maybe, it. Maybe your second career should be like just comedy. Oh, you think? Comedy gold. Comedy gold. I wouldn't <laughs> say that. More like co comedy bronze. <laughs> comedy bronze. Your yeah. third place comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Really funny stuff is for winners. This is for the people that are just, eh, okay. <laughs> Here's Don Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd come see you. Would you? Oh, yeah, because then you'd probably be so busy I wouldn't get to see you otherwise. Uh, I'd, so, I'd be the like, heckler out in the crowd. You'd there'd be you and a lot of other people heckling. <laughs> so, so, what, so what would I be equipped to do? What would I be equipped to know? The Indianapolis Art Museum. Oh, yeah. And I thought you might be better able to talk about it for a couple reasons. Number one, you understand Indianapolis geography and like the political pieces of that geography more than I do. Well, I understand it not at all. So, but you were explaining some of it either last week or the week before. So, so I know you've got some information on that, but I also know that you love art. Yeah, like that's I, really important to you. I, I do love art. I love local artists. And me and my wife are also on the Eskenazi, the international board for the Eskenazi Museum. Mm -hmm. um, we've gone ahead and, and helped purchase African-American art for the uh, Eskenazi Museum here in Bloomington. But, okay, let's get, get to this other place. This is, this is the old... Uh, modern art museum in indianapolis if i'm not mistaken and it's actually on eli Lilly's old campus our old, ah. uh, old estate did you know that no if you, if you go around that place you start seeing these huge houses these oh. things that used to be yeah 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 did it say something about it being around black neighbor a black neighborhood kind of sort of but it's but, definitely you know kind of on its own i wouldn't necessarily say it's like in the neighborhood. Well, did you also hear about their uh, want ad, help wanted ad? Yes, that they wanted white a white person, basically. Isn't that what they wanted? They wanted, they wanted someone to appeal to their, quote, traditional white audience. And, like, when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> honestly, Don, I'm... I <laughs> 
Maybe there's an art term. It, <laughs> maybe there's an art term for white that means that, like, maybe it's like Dadaism, only whiteism or something that I'm missing. Was, no, they just meant white people. <laughs> they, they did. I think they said something like, there's been a trend. There has been a trend to humanize art and bring art to the masses. Like, uh, I call it the trend of the food cart or uh, food truck. Like, everyone's taking the idea of food trucks and, and applying it to where to what they're doing. And, and what I mean is, you know how a food truck comes to the masses? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the same with art. They're trying to take, you know, take art outside of the building and to take it out to the community, right? Take, take mm-hmm. it to where people are. So that's kind of been a trend. And so this guy was basically saying, yeah, like, we're tired of that and we're still going to do that. But we really want somebody to help us keep our white people. I think that's what he was basically yeah, saying. Yeah, and I think even in their, like, oops statement that's sort of what they said it's they were like the same damn thing yeah their oops sorry, statement what we was meant worse. was white people yeah the, the, the <laughs> oops statement was even worse and yeah. you know I, I for the longest i hadn't been up there in a while since i mean new field i didn't know what that was so i had been just glancing over this and being like oh god so you know that i wonder where that's at and damn it <laughs> if it's not indianapolis you know yeah and i love that museum by the way yeah it's one of my favorite it yeah, since it's been a while since I've been, but it's one of my favorite uh, favorite museums. But now, oh, yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. You know what, though? Okay, check this out. I will I'm give Indiana. Indianapolis is not. I mean, not like Bloomington's like the melting pot or anything. But Indianapolis is just. It was interesting that the community that uh, every there was a lot of people that were like, "This is wrong. We want this dude fired." You know. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of surprising. I I thought it's Indiana, it's Indianapolis. There will be more people saying, "Hey, he's got a point," <laughs> you know. But there's a lot of people that have that that asked for his, you know, a lot of the artists, a lot of the, you know. Well, I think that the kind of um, racism that we wrestle with a lot more that another one of this week in racism was the antique store in Portland that had racist memorabilia for sale. Wait a minute. What now? Well, they had like a uh, Nazi. So here's the thing. White, so- they had white supremacy memorabilia for sale at an antique mall, basically. And it, and it gets worse. Like the story's pretty bad. And so what I, I guess what I was trying to say is yes, that exists here. Absolutely, it exists here. But the people who are telling themselves that they are the kind of people that like to go to art museums think that overt racism is tacky, maybe? Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? And so being upfront about it and saying we'd really like to appeal to our white audience is tacky. But saying something like we want to get back to our roots... Um, we want to appeal to our traditional audience. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like no one taught them how to speak code. They haven't had to speak code for years. Maybe that's it. No one, no one was, no one normally was watching. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, I guess that's the folly of for them of bringing art to the masses. More people have eyes on it. Then you know, more people feel included. More people. People that normally wouldn't be looking at that want ad 
We're like, ooh, art museum, Newfield Art Museum. That seems like something I'd love to do. They're looking at it and they're like, holy shit. I guess this isn't for me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Finally, um, affirmative action is doing something for me. Oh my God. Yeah, this, this is. See, I know Africa, I know some African American people that collect. You know, Dr. Mumford is dead now, but he was a avid collector of black. Like Piccadilly dolls and yeah, this Aunt is Jemima and mm-hmm. all that stuff. He there, and there's some other people that are still around that they that African Americans that collect, you know, the signs that say, uh, you know, you know, no coloreds or colored only or mm-hmm. whites only. They collect all that stuff. I'd have to find the context of this, right? Well, right, and I I think that there's a difference between a black person collecting them. And a an antique mall profiting from them, because uh, if if it's an antique mall, then it's got it's got vendors, right? So was the vendor white? Probably, most of the vendors are white. I guess it doesn't specify, and a lot of times at an antique mall, you can't tell who owns what inside not, it, right? And I'm not making I'm not making excuses for that because it, it could rattle someone. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like here at IU. What's the uh, the um, murals that are on the wall that people have a problem with? That it's the story of Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what one you mean, but I forgot. And then there's that one mural that has the KKK on it. Mm-hmm. And because the murals were all split up, and, uh-huh. and remember, it's from it's from the World Fair. Mm-hmm. And it was all cut up and put different places around campus. But that shocks a lot of people because there used to be classes held there. Every four years, someone would, a group of people would fight to get that, you know, they wanted it gone. That reminds me, there's a whole thing in Parks and Rec where she's like walking through the city and talking about the murals and they're really, really awful. And it's, I, I feel like they got that from. Oh, from, from this. They probably, you mural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what the what the thing is what the okay so if you know the history of it what Thomas Hart Bennett is that, that ben, Benton is who did these murals it was it was a story of they were they were showing the ne- all the negative and the positive about Indiana's history mm-hmm. if you see the whole thing in context but if you're just a student and you are from Gary or you're from Indianapolis imagine you coming into a new environment and you have this culture shock anyway. You're in this small Midwestern, predominantly white institution, and you're having to take a test with pictures of the Klan hanging up. You don't want yeah. to know the context. Yeah, that's not, yeah, you I think there's... And I, I, since, since I'm from Bloomington and I've known the story of this mural, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect me. for so, so for so long, I was like, I don't understand why they're upset. I don't understand why they're upset, but it's like a bad joke. Okay. Like it's, it's a bad joke. If you have to explain it, right. If I have to explain it to you, why it's funny. It's no oh longer. yeah. Yeah. It's if you have to funny. explain why it's not racist, then it's it, not. Then it's, it, yeah, yeah. 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 So you, you know, gotcha. you can say everything in the world, but you still have these huge ass clan members with a burning cross overlooking you while you're taking a test. It's not a longer a classroom. I don't think but it still hangs up. Hmm. I, I don't think this case in Oregon was like that. This was, I think, and I'm pretty sure it was 
Oregon. It's Oregon. Okay. Um, This young woman, you know, walking in and seeing this, she had also last summer put a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard. And of course, it got stolen. And then they put a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard. And then someone knocked on their door. And when they went to the door, the sign was gone. But there was a watermelon with BLM carved into it left on their porch. That is creative and terrible. Yeah. It feels to me like this is not a case of Black, Indigenous, person of color being like, I'm collecting these things as, you know, for whatever reason. This is more, here, have some racist kitsch to put up in your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds terrible. What town is this? Redmond. It says Central Oregon. Um, You know, the history of Oregon, it's got a race, a serious racist past. I think at one point in time, and I may be wrong about this, but I thought there was something where you could not be, if you weren't white, you couldn't live there. I thought it was founded as a white place. Yeah, whether or not it's racist, we don't like it. Yeah, just (laughs) go with it. I'm a black man. I told you it's racist. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we have? (laughs) Okay, and I feel like this is a longer show. The IU Panhellenic chapter had a picture on their um, Twitter. You, you need to tell people what Panhellenic means, though. Like the fraternity sorority group. Okay. Like yeah, the, just... the, the governing, it's like student council for fraternities and sororities. Okay. Yeah, the only, I'm only saying that because the only reason I know that is because my wife is uh, a director of the visitor center. And, um, you know, I mean, most people wouldn't necessarily know. If right, I... right, 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 right. So they posted a picture about the important work that they're doing as, you know, like the Panhellenic Association, you know, the thing where white people go on vacation to help people in other countries be better. I I think our church uh, went on, he went on several. So, I mean, they went to Milwaukee once, which was rough, but then they went to Appalachia, which... Uh was interesting too. In fact, I don't think we let Dexter go to the Appalachian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more of yeah. like the pictures with malnourished African babies with a, a cheery white person holding them. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the idea that they have brought their love to. So where were they at? Um, I, I can't tell from the picture. I don't know. But somebody called him out on it was like, this looks like white saviorism to me. And the Panhellenic Association promptly blocked them. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. And then blocked them. Um, and I don't know, maybe they've worked it out now. That was not completely clear from the article. But I, I do at some point want to like delve into that because I think white saviorism is one of those pieces of the structure of racism in our country that is really hard to unpack because it comes in so many different forms. It comes in like forms like that, but it also comes in forms of white people taking over black movements. When I said a couple weeks ago that like the one thing I know is a bad sign for me is when I'm like, here, let me help. Like, I know that that I'm probably not going to be as super helpful as when I say here, let me listen. So anyway, that was on there too. But then the other thing was this, uh, did you see the TikTok guy? No, what TikTok guy? Oh, my Lord. There's this kid. It's He captured his teacher on TikTok. Yes, I saw that. Okay, where the teacher was trying to explain that 
Oh, slaves were never, the masters never hit their slaves. They never whipped their slaves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's an extended version. I, yeah, he's, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the extended version where he's like, also, women should not be offended if people tell them to stay home. Like, he's like. Yeah, yeah. He's like, let me cast as broad a net as yeah. as I can in my egomaniacal retelling of history. Yeah, I think he even told the kid, he basically told him, you can go to the officer if you don't like him. He said something. He right. threatened him. And it started because the teacher was like trying to explain the N-word. Yes. And how, oh, that's right. The N-word wasn't about being black. It was about ignorance. Right. And he's that's like, does, what, does anyone know what it means if I said the N-word? And some other student goes, uh, it means you said the N-word? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, God. It's not, but you know, it's not surprising. It really, that stuff, oh my God, it's been going on forever. It's just nice to finally get it on tape. Man, could you imagine if we had have gotten, well, even if I had have gotten half my teachers on tape back in the day, uh, it probably wouldn't have even mattered because no, of the way, the way we were, th people were thinking back then. Yeah. They would have said, don't. Don, don't be so sensitive. When I think about the sexual induendos we had teachers say to girls <laughs> yes, at, at yeah. the oh, and yeah, middle yeah. school, like, oh, those shorts are too tight. Or, or, you know, just saying all kinds of shit. And we would just la either laugh it off or think, oh, that teacher's cool because he hands out gum. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I do remember complaining to one teacher because the student who sat in front of me kept dropping his pencil. Are you and freaking then, kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. And then he would take like a really long time, like looking up my skirt while he was down there looking for his pencil. And then he would sit up and like wink and... What? And he did it over and over. And I, I remember saying, um, I don't like this. And the teacher being like... He likes you. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I am oh, serious. Let, let's and hunt him down on Facebook. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who he was. <laughs> you know he's and he's still here. He's probably a friend on my of mine on he's Facebook. He's probably friends with you. He's, I don't think he's friends with me, but but like it. Also, I didn't feel empowered to do anything. It wasn't like I thought. Well, then I'm if the teacher doesn't do anything, I'm going to march down to the office it did i didn't feel like i could go home and be like hey dad go get this guy no, because, because i don't think we thought that was so bad it wasn't you know why it wasn't it was because stupid john hughes i mean think about that shit was done right, on right. pretty and pink right it, it was so porkies breakfast I mean, club holy yeah. shit really i mean oh no it was breakfast club you're right john hughes not in pretty and pink but I'm sure he, there was something like that on on one of Molly Ringwalsing. But you're right. It was Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that guy, didn't he end up getting the girl at the end? Yeah, yes. He, did. he, he sure did. did. Kevin notes that today is Molly Ringwald's birthday. What? Yeah. Molly, how come you couldn't have any black friends on any of the movies that you're in? <laughs> I'm always mad about that because I'm like, 
this was the perfect opportunity to jo for John Hughes to have. At I mean, j be stereotypical. Have a black person in weekend detention. At least we'd have a black person actually in the movie. I just hate that movie. I know. Hate it. I know. You need to look at it one more time. I've looked at it in recent history. It is weird, isn't it? It's cringeworthy. Yeah. I think my first rewatching was so full of memories of things I liked about the ideas in it. You know, like the moment where he says something like, things fall apart all the time. That's why we have screwdrivers or like whatever. I don't remember. But there's some line in there about shit falls apart. That's how life works. That... I loved that line. And there are lots of other places where I can find that message, like almost literally any other movie. But for some reason, I really liked, liked it in that movie. Maybe you liked it because, and maybe that generation liked that stuff. I just now realized it, that John Hughes gave teens, white teens, by the way, mm -hmm. but teens in general, permission to be sad yeah the, to, for, and permission to be mad too to i mean that mad, was a part sad, of and, breakfast and, club yeah so maybe that's that's the thing that we can get out of that because it was a show it was two and a half hours of of sadness of kids not doing not uh being what their parents wanted them to be but not you know, and if mm -hmm. you think about it, even Ferris Bueller, same thing. His they, they dealt with Cameron's his sadness, and yeah, his relationship like with his severe anxiety and severe yeah, severe anxiety. The the sister she had she was she had some issues. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, really, she did. She yeah. Did. So Uncle Buck, I mean, same damn thing. Mm -hmm. Just and and maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's his. Maybe I should give him a pass on allowing people to self-reflect. I don't think you have to give, like, we can find something about it that is helpful and not give it a pass. Like, it both can be true. I've been thinking about this a lot with, um, with our difficulty in calling out racism or in being able to have these conversations, like when we you know, talked about it last week when I listened so well that Uncle Buck wound up not going to the Capitol. That's pretend. But uh, <laughs> I feel like just in case it's someone who doesn't listen regularly, that was pretend. Um, we have this idea that it's so all or nothing in our thinking. Like, if, if I say, well, this thing that you've been engaging in is a part of white supremacy or this thing that you've been engaging in is just is plain old racist or, you know, however it comes out, we have this idea that that means, well, then I don't like you anymore. And I don't think that has to be true. I can still care about you and want you to be less racist. I can care about you and insist that you behave in a less racist way, at least when you're around me. Well, well isn't that what we're doing? Yeah, that yeah, is what we're that's, doing. That's, but I'm saying maybe we can do that with those movies too. We, it doesn't have to be like, it's a pass. It can just be like, there's things about it I mean, the farther I get, the less I see the things about it that I like. But but we can see that there are things that we like and not give it a pass, I guess is what I'm saying. Both. Yes. I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess you're right. I, I, I think maybe what we're seeing is that it, it, as we go forward, these classics do not meet 
the definition of being they they haven't aged well. How's that sound? No. <laughs> right, they haven't. Oh my gosh, no. But we can leave it at there because that, that. I mean, that's we could have a whole episode on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we touched on a lot of little things that are going on this week, and it has to be sort of a short episode because. We both got to run, but... What time is it? You got to go get your mama. Yeah, I got to go. She's in the driveway. Okay. Okay, I'll see you next week. All right. Bye. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, February 18th, 2021, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Additional research provided by our BCC interns, Riley Cook and Constance Johnson. Theme music, lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. Did you wash your hands for at least 20 seconds in hot I water? I did. Yes. Happy birthday. Is, is, he, is it her birthday? No, that's what? the song you're supposed to sing. To watch oh, I was like, it's not that? Don's birthday. Don's birthday no, is at Christmas. <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I made you spit coffee. Yeah. 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 <laughs>